0: Welcome back to Humane Tech. I'm Jeffrey Kay, recording from the beautiful Pacific Northwest, on the territorial land of the Chinook Nation and the Confederated Tribes of the Grand Ronde. I'm here to help you protect your personal privacy, security, and to get better use of technology. Once again, I had to delay recording this podcast due to a timely issue. It's about restoring my own phone and the troubles it's caused. So I followed my own instructions before updating my own iPhone for that big update. I ran the backup and made sure that it finished successfully. I plugged in my Apple iPhone into power and started the update. Once the update was done, my phone restarted itself as usual. It showed the Apple logo for a few minutes, and then a few more minutes. This is not entirely unusual, so I made myself lunch, waited, and returned to my phone. The Apple logo would not go away when people ask me about this behavior i usually ask two things do you have a good recent backup which usually puts them a little on edge and two how long have you waited i do recommend waiting a good half hour or so before moving on and so that's what i did then i followed the process to force a reset for my version of iphone The screen went black, and the logo came back on. I waited another 15 minutes. Nothing changed. I reset the phone again and waited another 15 minutes. This was not good, not good at all, but also not entirely new. I've been using these for a while. I plugged my phone back into my computer and started the process required for restoring from backup. It took almost two hours for this process, and I won't bore you with the painful process that I took. The good news is that I was finally able to get the restoration to work, but there was bad news as well. The first bad news was that my most recent backup didn't work. Also, not uncommon. I had to go back to a previous backup from several weeks before. That was not the worst thing, though. I didn't lose any important data. I didn't lose photos, because I synchronized those things in other ways. My big problem was this. My two-factor authentication, or 2FA apps, didn't restore fully. Well, one was okay. I use the Authy app, and synchronize Authy with my desktop computer, and I do a separate backup. So all of my Authy 2FA came back just fine. I continue to be very happy with Authyworks, and it is um, very easy to restore. I recommended Authy in episode five, and I still do. I also use Microsoft Authenticator. I use the Microsoft app because it works really well with Microsoft's own sites. I also use it because it's compatible with Google Authenticator and Authy and works similarly to both. It can also be fully backed up and restored. With a caveat, you can't just restore the app and get access to your accounts as you do with Authy. No, you need to have someone else with administrative access to your Microsoft services to provide you with a special code to complete the restore. Oh. Okay, I will not try to get too deep in the weeds here, but please forgive me if I do. If your Microsoft Authenticator app is used with Microsoft systems like Office 365, Microsoft 365, Azure, etc., and you don't have a backup method for two factor authentication set up, you will have a problem. Backup methods include text messaging and emailing a code for login. Now, I've already mentioned that I don't like setting up texting or emailing codes for backup methods because an attacker can simply choose to bypass the Microsoft Authenticator app and use text or email. If they hacked in and got access to my text messaging or email, then my account becomes their account. A lot of websites and apps will provide a backup method such as an emergency two-factor authentication code or the ability to use a second, different 2FA app. I much prefer this because it's more secure than the text and email issues. At the time that I set up Microsoft Authenticator for my Microsoft services, I don't believe that I had the ability to use a second app as a backup. So that was not set up, and I was fully locked out this time of my two very important Microsoft services which I use for work and personal. To regain access, I contacted Microsoft Support. Thankfully after a day or two, Support was able to get me going again with one of the two services. They simply reminded me that there was an additional administrator account on my service, and I laughed because I had forgotten that I had set up this additional account with full administration rights just in case this issue came up. Yay! I was all backed up and ready to go. I went into my password manager, and I logged into the account. The second factor for that account was not lost on my iPhone, so I was able to get in immediately. Now, let me call this out as the proper way to backup your two-factor authentication methods. Make sure that you have a second way to log into anything exceptionally important to you. Now, the second Microsoft service is still a problem for me. I can still log in and use it, but I cannot make administrative changes. You see, I did not set up a backup method for that service. The method I used was not well thought out. I just got off the phone with Microsoft on this issue about an hour ago, they are working with me and while it will be a few more days they are helping to get me back in and are pretty sure that it's going to work just fine. Hmm. I hope that it's fairly clear what we need to do after we've locked down our accounts successfully. We need to think through the restore process and ensure that we have access to everything that we need. Being able to restore is at least as important, if not more important, than actually backing up. In some cases, we'll find that the restore process is not designed well by the website or service. It's also a good reminder that companies, like Microsoft, change their ways over time. It's good to review our most important accounts often, to ensure that we know what's up. Now let's look at the homework I mentioned in the previous two episodes. First backing up and updating your Apple iOS and Android devices. Did you do it? Great. If not, maybe pause the podcast and do that right now. Did you have any issues that you couldn't fix? Please feel free to email me at humanetechpodcast at protonmail.com or through my site at monozakaritech.com slash podcast. Both are listed in the show notes. I'll also be covering updates a bit more in a future episode. Next, did you hear episode 7, Backups 101? If not, consider going back and listening to it. Regardless, the homework I suggested was to create a list of all of the things you should be backing up. This list will likely include your important photos, music, files and folders, etc. I do hope that you'll include your website if you have one, or two, or more, and lots of other fun stuff. For simplicity, I do prefer to back up each of my devices fully and completely. However, I do have some additional backups of my critical stuff. For these things, I have additional copies on additional devices. I can't afford to lose certain things, so more copies, that's usually a better thing. I'm going a bit long here, but this is stuff that can drive you mad, at least it can for me. So let's dive back into the most important part of backups, doing the backups. First, a reminder, the three, two, one rule. We want three copies of everything important. We want two methods of backup and we want your most important files off site. So the three copies, the first copy is the original. You created a file, downloaded a file. However you got the file, that's the first one. The second and third copies are backups that we can use to restore the first copy. If it's lost or ruined. Also, we want two methods of backup. Methods include a hard drive or a USB memory stick that you plug into your device, a service that copies your files to an online service, or you can copy your files to another device, etc. I also used to backup files to CD, a special tape backup system, or other ways. Finally, the one of the 321 rule. You must have your most important files off site. This doesn't necessarily mean in the cloud, though that may be the easiest and for some, the best. You may not want your personal information stored online. Do you have a secure office? Do you have friends or family that you trust? If you can get a USB memory stick, hard drive, or other medium offsite periodically, you'll be in great shape. You want the offsite storage to be far enough that a disaster at your home or office won't affect your offsite storage, maybe 20 or more miles away. Okay, let's talk backup methods. I prefer to have at least one external hard drive for backups that I can literally hold in my hand. I know whether or not the backups have been done because I'm doing them, and I put the hard drive in my backpack and run for the hills if something bad happens. While I have plenty of these drives, I wanted to see what's available for you now in case you're just starting. I went to my local warehouse club and bought an external hard drive marketed specifically for backups. They had multiple options ranging from $60 to almost $200. The biggest difference was the size. My main computer has a 1TB drive, so I got a 5TB drive. They also had an option for, I think, 8. This means I should be able to get a minimum of 5 full backups. I spent a little less than $100. I reviewed the software that came with the drive and was happy to see that it didn't send any information to the cloud. That means it protects my privacy a bit. I started to install the software and found that they required me to register the hard drive in order to complete the installation. This is the opposite of protecting my privacy and didn't make me very happy. I gave them some information just so I could fill in the boxes and moved on. I'll just say that this information I provided didn't include my real personal details and didn't violate any terms of service or other agreements. So I don't feel so badly about, you know, not giving them my real information. I found the software reasonably easy to use it automatically backed up everything from my laptop except for the operating system. While a backup of absolutely everything is often preferable, it's the data that's the most important, and that's probably the case for you. After the backup was done, I did a few test restores. I restored information from the backup to an alternate location on my hard drive. For example, if I had an important file in my documents folder, I would restore it to my desktop. This ensures that I don't replace or overwrite the original file by accident. Some backup and restore software will allow you to redirect your restores, and some will not, so be very careful not to mess things up. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people tested a month-old backup, and once that restore finished, they realized that they overwrote the file that they had just recently updated, and now the recently updates were gone. These backup drives from the warehouse stores, big-box stores, and online resellers are great. Seagate and Western Digital are two good brands of external hard drives. They've been around for a long time, and I trust them. They come with reasonably good backup software for Windows and Mac devices. If you have a Mac, I highly recommend the Time Machine backup software that's already built into your Mac. It works well and does what it should. Because Apple provides Mac OS for free, for now, You can easily reinstall your operating system and then restore your Time Machine backup if you need to. Time Machine also allows you to create an encryption password which further protects your information. This is an exceptionally good idea. Put your encryption password in your password manager. You are using one, right? If not, go back to a previous episode and it's not too difficult. Or write me and I'll help. Also, consider putting your encryption password in a safe location that's not just on your computer or backup drive. A lot of people print a copy of the encryption password and put this paper in a very safe location, or two, or three. Microsoft used to include a backup software with Windows 7, but no longer does for Windows 10. If you still have Windows 8, you may have the free Windows System Backup, or you may not. For Windows 10, I think the software that comes with the hard drives is good enough. You can buy other software as well. For Linux, there are plenty of free backup utilities. Check with Ubuntu or your flavor of Linux for best fit. If I use USB memory sticks, I tend to just drag and drop or copy and paste important files to these sticks. For important or personal files, I use VeraCrypt to create an encrypted container. I won't be talking about encryption or VeraCrypt at depth here. So do your reading and know what you're getting into before you use these methods. I will speak about them in future episodes. Keep in mind that if you back up your phone, tablet, or other devices to your computer, and then you back up your computer, that you now have a second backup of your phone, tablet, and other devices, it's almost magical. So log into your router, printer, and other devices, get a backup and save them to your computer. That covers the basics of local external hard drive backup, but how often should you do these? The answer depends on how much or how often your important information changes. If you create new important files daily, then backup daily. If you make big changes hourly, then maybe hourly. If you can easily recreate these hourly changes, then relax and backup less often. It really depends on how important and how often you change things. On my Mac, which is my primary computer, I have two external hard drives I use regularly. I have a Time Machine backup drive that updates itself every hour. I have another drive that I use weekly. I unplug this second drive in between backups so it won't be affected by an electrical issue or me spilling coffee on my desk. It also provides the second of three backups for my main computer. Let's wrap this up for now. This is a longer episode than usual and we'll cover more soon. In the next episode, I will finally get to file-sharing services like OneDrive, Google Drive, Dropbox, and others. We'll go into secure cloud storage. And I will also, finally, be firmly back to my weekly podcast schedule. For next week, please go get yourself a backup drive and make your first backup. I've included some links to some good drives you can buy through Amazon. These are affiliate links, and I will make a few pennies if you buy something. I will not, however, know that it was you and I won't get any information about you from Amazon. Affiliate links as well as my other paid services pay for this podcast so that there are no direct sponsors and thus no editorial control other than from me. Please sign up for my monthly newsletter or simply send me an email if you'd like some more information. Also, if you have questions you'd like answered in a future show, please send them in. If I get enough questions, I'll devote a show just to listener questions. For more information, please go to montozakuritech.com slash podcast, or check out the links in our show notes. Monozukuri is an anti-racist company. All of our communications, business practices, and personal behaviors actively reflect our commitment to creating a more just, equitable, and humane world for all. Have a great week.